Hello, friends. Welcome to the Focus to Evolve podcast, where we uncover modalities, habits, and technologies that enable people, teams, and organizations to break the unhealthy trance of busyness and evolve into a calm, deliberate, and healthy way of accomplishing far more in less time. Welcome, evolving humans. This is Jason Hinkle, your host of the Focus to Evolve podcast. Today's transmission is a really special one. <laughs> we have on with us, you hear that giggle? That's from Tana Man Easton, who is one of our samurai partners who is on the mission to help people thrive, hit that spacious productivity, get more done in less time with more well-being in mind, and just absolutely vibrantly assisting people to crack on through, break that trance of busyness. So Tana, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jason. This is really exciting. I mean, we've done a number of podcast guest spots, both of us, and that's been really fun, but I love that you're starting this adventure on your own and doing your own because you've got a really good podcasting voice. I got to say, I am one of your number one fans. I've listened to all of the <laughs> episodes so far, so it's really fun to actually be on it with you. Yeah, you bet. And, and we were just kind of giggling. Get up close to the mic, do that NPR soft gotta voice. do really soft voices. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? I know we've got some things in mind. What, what are we going to talk about? Well, you and I have have been working together for over three years now, which it seems like a very long time and a very short amount of time at the same time, which I love. But I think just getting into it, I wanted to talk about some of the fallacies um, that I'd like to kind of just sweep to the wayside right away because um, there are a couple of things that come up in our trainings that I'd like to just dispel as myths right away in your podcasting career so that we don't have to have people thinking certain things that are not necessarily true for you and I. And one of those things is, I mean, in the last 20-ish years in corporate America, there has been a very big push for efficiency and getting the most out of your people and you know, just trying to work people basically into the ground and use them for as much as you can get out of them. And so if you hear about people who are trying to teach you how to be more productive and more efficient, you might assume that that old vein of, oh, they just want me to like burn out faster is what we're coming from. But that is very far <laughs> away from the heart of what um, our intention is at Focus to Evolve. Every single time I have a training with a client, one of the first things I'd like to do with them is to tell them what my intention is. And I tell every single client, my intention is not to show you how to use Outlook or Gmail to be more efficient so that you can just do more and more and more and burn out even faster. That is never what we are trying to do here. Right. Our heart is always to say, okay, we want to show you how to get your things to do that we all have as human beings done as quickly as and efficiently and as efficiently as you can for the day so that you hopefully open up this pocket of time in your day where you get to say, oh, well, what do I most want to do with this time that I have freed up in my day? That is always where we are coming from. There we want is. to create the space 
for the things that you find most meaningful in your life. We want, we don't want to just like, <laughs> we don't want to hammer you into the ground even faster. We want you to find the space for the things that you love <laughs> or to find space for the things that you think are a complete waste of time, but that's how you want to waste your time. Like time you intend to waste is not wasted time in our, <laughs> in our um, world either. Um, we, we talk about productivity and efficiency a lot, but we also believe very firmly in downtime and unfocus and time to play and things like that. We are not all about maximizing every second of the day and never having time to think. Or <laughs> That's not us either. We want to just, that's something I really feel like is important to put out there in early episodes of this podcast. Um to let people know where our hearts are really at with all of this efficiency and productivity talk that we do in our trainings. Yeah. I, I recall early on when I really started digging in and doing trainings with more and more companies, I had one friend who said, Jason, it, it, the things you teach, he had not been through the training yet. He said, but the things you teach, it sounds exhausting. Like, filling up your calendar and just like having a plan for every second of the day. It just sounds absolutely obnoxious and exhausting. <laughs> I said, oh my goodness, no, 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 no. Go through the training and you'll very quickly see this is about opening up loads of freedom by being more conscientious and deliberate uh, and strategic about your activities. And it does require this, you know, one of the things we talk about is architectural calendaring. I just recorded a, another podcast on this where uh, when you are planning your day, the architect is planning a gorgeous, juicy day where you get a lot of the strategic mission-driven stuff on the agenda for tomorrow, but you also get in there a lot of recovery time. You also put in mitigation time for spillover because you know the day's going to spill over. You know that because the last 400,000 days that you've worked in a row spill over. Wow. <laughs> so you proactively have that conversation as the architect. And then when that day comes in time, you have all that built in and it feels really spacious. It, it really does. And you kind of feel almost like, liberated from this feeling that you always have to. I have to do this, I have to do this, or I should do this. You know, we, we replace that with we get to and we choose to. And um, we have space built in, engineered into our days when we coach people for all of it, including recovery, including wasting time. That's that's a great time block. Go waste some time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a misnomer. We yeah. don't think any time is wasted. No, exactly. It's it's really a matter of you know this all distills down to ha helping people to re belong to themselves. Right. It really does kind of come back to that. Don't outsource your priorities. Don't outsource the minutes of your life, which are never coming back. Um, you can get it all done for the boss, for the managers for the customers, for the family members. Uh, but, you, you know, you do have to be very deliberate and engineer in that time. Otherwise, yeah, the world's never going to give it to you. You, you got to take the bull by the horns, plan that in there. Yeah. <laughs> we don't magically find the time to do things that matter for us. You have to make the time. And usually that means putting it into your calendar. It, it does. People don't take, people kind of, I've noticed this. People in general, when I say people, it's like, you know, the working 
folk of the world, they all have calendars. Um, most of them kind of look at their calendar a little bit like a suggestion um, versus something that is like, no, this is what I want my life to be. And it should reflect reality, not a uh, sort of kind of almost reality. Mm -hmm. It it should really look back at the end of your day and say, yeah, that's what I did. That's what I planned. And that's what I did. At least 80% of the time. Right. (laughs) 80 is a good rule. 80-20, 80-20. Uh, it's it's never perfection. It's always about improvement. <laughs> That's a big thing. Tana, let me ask you, uh, when you talk to people about work-life balance, the ones that push back on it and say that's that's work-life balance doesn't exist. I even was given a book recently that said work-life balance is BS. That was the title of the book. And what definition are they going by and what beliefs do they have running that makes them say that and be so stout behind this idea that there is no work-life balance? Yeah, it seems, and I don't know, I haven't done any sort of study on this, but it seems like, and you and I talked about this recently on one of our book chat conversations, but it seems like people, when they hear work-life balance, they're seeing work and they're seeing life as the only two parts of their life. And it seems like they're being told that they are on opposite ends of a teeter-totter and you have to give even amounts to work and to life and they have to always be even in order for it to balance. And that is not how I have ever viewed the term work-life balance. To me, it is always, and you and I talked about this before, it's always like You're standing on top of a ball and there are infinite numbers of factors that come into your life that you want to either be there or not. And you're trying to constantly balance on top of all of these factors and make it seem like you're centered. And so for some times in your life, work is going to consume a lot of your time and that might be okay for that time in your life but then it might feel like at some point your friends are saying hey we never see you anymore we miss you or your significant other is saying you know what I want to spend more time with you or your kids like I don't want to listen to you because you never have any time for me when things like that come in you're like teetering off the side of your ball and you're off balance and you're like, okay, wait, I need to adjust more in those areas because they are feeling neglected. So I need to, it's always just a a balancing act of feeling where people, where parts feel deficient and then filling those up more and taking away from other things that feel like they don't need so much time. So it's always a balancing act on many different points. Um, but it's not, it's not a teeter totter to me. It's not ever about you need eight hours of sleep and you need eight hours of work and you need eight hours of personal time. It's not like that. It's just whatever feels it's staying in your body and looking at your life every day and saying, okay, is there anything that feels off balance? Does anything feel like, is anything that's a priority to me feel like it is not a priority right now? And how do I devote more time to that to make that more of a priority today and going forward? So it's always just checking back in every day and readjusting to make everything in your life feel more in balance. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way you say that. It's it's not a teeter-totter and two-dimensional thing of you're either balanced or you're not, or you're work or you are life. It is multi-dimensional and very complex. And so this kind of ushers in the concept that you know, you should never be uh, guilting yourself. You should never feel shame for one or the other. It's just a big, ongoing, never-ending adjustment act. That's what that's what work-life balance is. It's yeah. There's no such thing as I would agree. There's no such thing as work-life balance as the two-dimensional thing. And there's some way to get it right. It's it's simply a wobbling game. <laughs> so I love the way you present that concept. We'll be right back after this brief message. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Welcome back to the Focus to Evolve podcast. What's the number one thing when, when someone thinks that they that there's no way that they can get this feeling that they can do it all, so to speak, and do it well? What are some of the low-hanging fruit, the suggestions that you give to people where they feel like, wow, I think I can really chew on that one? Even the busiest who who truly just have never felt in this have never felt out in front of it or able to, you know, balance all of it. What are some of the the fast tips, the low-hanging fruit that you have seen have been very effective to the people you train? I mean, something that we do in every one of our trainings is to turn off notifications on people's emails. And I suggest doing an audit of all of the dings in your life um, for the next 24 hours. Because even <laughs> if, like, we just did that, in our trainings, like we set t- set up two hours on a Zoom and we said, this is how you turn off your notifications on your emails. I think just that <laughs> one minute exercise would be worth just the, the price of admission <laughs> because just that little piece is enough to, because I can't even tell you the number of people in the last three years who I've done follow-up sessions with and they've said, Tana, just turning off the notifications on my things, I have noticed without the constant dings and distractions, I just naturally focus on my work for longer and better because there's nothing pulling me away from it anymore. And that's that in that one simple thing is so it gives you so much more time and freedom. That's and that's a very simple thing. So doing a ding audit for the next 24 hours, listen out what what dings are coming from your house, your phone, from whatever. Whatever is dinging at you, say what is that? What's it coming from? And then asking yourself, do I want that to continue to do that? 
And if you don't, going into your settings and turning that crap off because <laughs> right. seriously, the only things that are allowed to make noise on my phone are text messages and phone calls and alarms that I set for myself on the alarm slash timer app. That's it. Nothing else is allowed to beckon me to it. I always will go to it when I feel like it. It's not the other way around. I'm in charge. The app is not. So just that one thing is a game changer for a lot of people, me, myself yeah. included. Before we go in and do those settings, because we do hands-on setting updates uh, in the trainings. And <laughs> I can see on the faces like huge allergic reactions kicking in the minute I say, okay, now we're going to turn all email alerts off. <laughs> it's, it's just funny watching everybody squirm. Um, but the fact is, uh, you know, we, we all absolutely have to learn how to start ruthlessly eliminating distractions. <laughs> we really do. Um, you know, we, there's this infinite load theory where, you know, it, it does not turn off. The digital age is getting faster. Now we're, you know, we're about to enter the age of personalized AI. So soon you're not even going to know if it's your customer actually talking to you or their avatar. Um, it's going to be unbelievable and it's always going to be on even more. So this idea of, of you deliberately working when it's time to work and then going off when it's time to be off is going to be one of the most important meta skills of the future because you're going to be able to plug on and go full speed 24-7 for 100,000 years in a row and there's still going to be work to be done. Um, it already feels that way to us, working people, the hustling, uh, you know, corporate warriors. Um, but it's going to get worse and faster uh, as this AI advances and as technology in general advances. You know, it's funny. I think going when computers first came online, they were they were huge. Like I think the IBM server, like the first ones, were as big as a building. <laughs> they were just huge. They had their own rooms, one server, and then they got smaller. And then all of a sudden, they were on people's desks. And now they're on our laps. And now they're on our watches and on our phones. I mean, they just keep getting smaller and closer to our bodies. <laughs> That's kind of like the theme. So just project that into the future. You know, now you have Neuralink that's actually doing human trials on their uh, injections uh, for chips. So I even met a guy yesterday who had a chip injected into, or it wasn't yesterday. What am I talking about? It was about four months ago. I was at a training. This guy was a real cutting edge techie. He injected a, a chip in his own wrist and it does all kinds of things. It unlocks his doors at this and that. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, there are people out there and the truth is they are going to have some pretty interesting advantages in some ways, but I, I just won't, I can't bring that. <laughs> I can't, I'm pretty, uh, you know, forward on trying the new stuff, but not that. So, but it's coming, it's happening and, and there's nothing we're going to really do about it. It's going to be, I think that's the next big division. Uh, those, those augmented technical people, and then the people who decide to go just straight biology, I think it's going to be two different humans. And, you know, we're getting into sci-fi here. We, we kind of jumped off the train of work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> but distraction management is so, it's so important for work-life balance so that you can get it done when it's time to get it done. So it's kind of like you, you go deep on and deep off 
deep on and deep off. You undulate all day long with that, but the deep on means highly focused, not distracted on do what you define and close it down. And that's how you get this work-life balance in big air quotes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Before I did trainings at Focus to Evolve, I worked in the financial industry and you know this, Jason, but the listeners don't. Um, I did. I was in um, support staff in the financial industry for 14 years and my first four years were in New York City. So if you can, if you think of a movie where there's like a high paced like environment, it's usually like in a New York City office for finance for finance. So I was in that environment for many years, and even in that environment, I was not in my inbox all the time. People were expecting very fast responses to things. But it was it was I was always in charge of when I was going to my inbox. So it was like 20 minutes doing something else, going back to check it. 30 minutes going to work on something else completely away from the inbox, going back to check it. I was never living in there and being distracted by it all day long, even in that busy of an environment. And I swear to you, I was still the most responsive person to everything that went into my inbox, even though I was stepping away from it for 20, 30, 60 minutes at a time. I was still the most responsive because the system that we teach, it keeps everything in line so that things do not drop through the cracks and you can work focused on your work, but you're still going to go back and take care of everything that's in that inbox too. They can both live simultaneously together. You don't have to feel like, oh, if I go away for for five minutes, I'm going to get fired. Like that's not going to (laughs) happen. No, no, it it is true. And it's, it really is. It's like 95% of everyone we're ever in front of. They think that since they've been tethered to their inbox for so many years, oftentimes decades, they for some reason think that something's going to fall through the cracks if they do it intermittently and systemically, which is the only way to become highly effective. You cannot live out of your inbox and be highly effective. You can do the best you can with it, but that's not how human brain chemistry and body chemistry and design actually works. You have to work in quiet, non-disruptive ways and then expose yourself to inbox and the whole world. But you do have to get those protected times in, again, to usher in way more time in terms of effectiveness and efficiency. And then there's all these hours open up per day. And we're not exaggerating. Hours per day, every day of your working life. And then what you do with that newly found time, like Tana was saying, go go watch Desperate Housewives, swipe Facebook, or make more money, or go to your child's game, work on your relationships. As long as you are deliberately selecting what you do with that free time, instead of just plugging back into the email, wee, there goes more of my life to no value. (laughs) Uh, So you can see I'm getting a little bit of attitude here because it makes me mad. (laughs) It just pisses me off. Every I was in it. I was as deep in it as you can get in the corporate world before I, you know, this, what I'm teaching now, it really is my mess became my message. I have felt the pain of being a butt-kissing yes man who just says yes to everything and tries to drink from the fire hose all day long of email. It is ignorant. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, it is uninformed ignorant because it is not how humans work at optimal levels, period. 
end of sentence. So, um, yeah, uh, that deliberate part of what you do with the freed up minutes, that's the most important thing. That is what Tana was saying in the beginning of Never. this podcast. We're not doing this so that you can grind more. We're doing this so that you can accelerate your life in a holistic way with loving relationships, with unbelievably high productivity and output. Your boss and your customers are going to love you and your uh, your the spouse at home, you know, the significant other, the kids are going to get a lot more of you. Every everything's possible, but you do have to kind of be shown that, just like we were shown things on our journey. And now we just want to share it with the world. Tiana, with that, you know, we're we're coming up on closing time. We don't want to make this too long of a situation. But does there is there anything kind of burning you wanted to say before we close it up with the folks? I again, I am jazzed that you are doing this. I think this is a very good outlet for you and your talents. <laughs> so I'm excited to be a fan and I'm excited to come on and be a guest whenever you want to have me. Thank you. Because <laughs> you know I like talking about this nerdy crap, especially with you. I know. Yeah, we could get lost in this stuff. There are going to be many times, <laughs> there are many subjects to cover, and um, we're going to keep on going with the podcast. We're going to probably get to 50 or 100 and then just decide, hey, do we just keep doing this? We want to get the ideas out and just have it on a public forum that just kind of keeps on giving for anybody. So Tana, thank you so much for joining. And by the way, I feel the same about you too. I learn every single time I talk to you. <laughs> so thank you so much. And uh, everybody at home, we will see you in the next transmission. Take care. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to our producing director, Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Jason Henkel, thanking you for tuning in today and inviting you to like and subscribe to this podcast. Also, if you think this may help others in your personal or professional network, please share today's episode. Until next time, I wish you a calm, deliberate, and authentic week ahead. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.